You are listening to The Pregnancy Podcast with Vanessa Merton. Hello, thank you for tuning into The Pregnancy Podcast. I want to thank these sponsors for this episode. Thank you to Mommy Steps, who makes insoles specifically for pregnancy, because there are a pile of foot issues that can happen when you're pregnant. To check them out, go to PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash feet and use the promo code feet at checkout to save 20%. I also want to thank Zoller, who makes my favorite prenatal vitamin. And I love this because they use extremely high quality ingredients. To check out the vitamin and get a promo code to save 25% on Amazon, go to PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash vitamin. And I want to thank Evenflow, who makes the Every Stage car seat. This is the best car seat because it's the only one that you're ever going to need to buy. It's an infant seat, a convertible, and a booster all in one. To check it out and get a promo code to save 10% off through the end of the year, go to PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash car seat. Last week, we talked about weight gain during pregnancy and gave you kind of some guidelines of what to look for when you are gaining weight when you're pregnant. This week, we are talking about maternity leave. Maternity leave is the name for taking time off from work when you have a baby. The amount of time that your maternity leave is going to last is going to vary a lot, and that's going to depend on what country you live in the company that you work for, and your personal financial situation. Paternity leave is the counterpart for maternity leave, and that's for dads and partners. Usually the amount of time off is shorter than it would be for mom, and everything that we talk about in this episode also applies to partners. So partners and dads, please do plan on taking some time off once your baby arrives. Planning for maternity leave is a big project, and I really want to break it down for you into more manageable tasks that you can knock out so that you are totally prepared for this. There are a lot of considerations when it comes to raising children and working, and there is no one size fits all. You need to find what works for you and your family. That could mean maybe that you stay home, that you go back to work, that you do part-time, you get a new job, you start a business, whatever it is. And you can also change your mind. Maybe you plan to stay home and you decide that you actually do want to go back to work. There is no clear, easy answer that's going to apply to everyone. And as with all things pregnancy and birth and parenting, you just have to find the right path for you. I have some bad news if you live in the United States, and that is that the United States offers much less in maternity leave benefits compared to other countries. The Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development is an organization that works to promote policies that are going to improve the economic and social well-being of people around the world. This organization has a membership of 36 countries that include the United States, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Japan, Korea, and most of the countries in the European Union. 
This organization looked at parental leave policies in all of these countries. And on average, women are entitled to 18 weeks of paid leave after birth. And the United States is the only country that offers no national mandated maternity leave. Some countries extend over six months, the UK goes to nine months, and generally the countries that offer maternity leave also offer paternity leave for partners. And as with a lot of the variation between countries, the level of income replacement also varies greatly from one country to the next. And I'll link to the full report if you want to take a deeper dive into how paternal leave is treated in all of these countries. The U.S. has had a lot of criticism over its lack of parental leave, and I think that that is a good thing because it's bringing more attention to it. One criticism against a national mandate for parental leave is that it's just another entitlement program. And I can see that viewpoint, but it is so ridiculous that mothers are expected to return to work so quickly. This impacts so many things, not just your income level and the time that you're able to spend with your baby, but also breastfeeding potentially put you at a higher risk for postpartum depression. I am going to spare you my full rant on this topic. I'm sure that you could imagine that this gets me really heated. So I think that the criticism towards the United States for its lack of parental leave is a good thing. And I am hopeful that this is something that we will see change. This episode has a lot of points specific to parental leave in the United States, but the majority of this information is still going to be relevant in preparing for and planning your maternity leave, regardless of what country you live in. The first step in planning your maternity leave is to figure out what's covered and what isn't and you're looking for programs through your work, your state or federal government, and you want to find out if any amount of time off is protected, meaning that you can take it and your job will still be there when you get back, how much time you can take, and whether that time is paid or unpaid. A starting place for this is to take a look at the Family Medical Leave Act. And this is a national program in the United States that provides 12 weeks of unpaid leave after the birth or an adoption of a child in all 50 states plus Puerto Rico. The key here is that this is unpaid, which is going to make it unaccessible for some parents. The good news is that this is job protected, meaning that your employer must allow you to take the time off if you wish, and your job will still be there for you when you return. When this was enacted back in 1993 under President Clinton, this was a good step in the right direction. And it's unfortunate that on a national level, we still have not made more progress in the last 25 years. One caveat of the Family Medical Leave Act is it only applies to companies with over 50 employees, which could be an issue if you work for a smaller business. And there is some additional fine print, like your employer may require you to take accrued vacation, paid sick or family leave in those 12 weeks. You really have to read through all of the fine print on the eligibility and what's covered and make sure that you understand it. And I'll put a link for you on that in the show notes. The Family Medical Leave Act is a federal thing. And depending on what state you live in, 
there may be some additional programs. There are four states, California, New Jersey, New York, and Rhode Island, that currently provide for paid family leave. Washington, D.C. and the state of Washington enacted paid family leave measures in 2017, but those do not go into effect until 2020. So if you do live in one of those four states, you are in luck. You may have additional benefits that you can take advantage of. But even the states that offer some paid leave, they don't cover 100% of your salary. I tried to find a good resource that covered every state and came up empty-handed after quite a bit of searching. So you should do a online search specific for your state's programs. And you want to find out if you have any additional coverage through something like state disability or another program. The next thing that you want to look at is whether your employer offers paid leave. Maternity leave policies vary so greatly from one company to the next, and you really need to find out the specifics of your company's policy directly from your company. This is something you can go to human resources for if your company has an HR department, or maybe something that you need to bring up with your boss. This can be a little bit tricky because if you're not ready to announce that you are pregnant to your work, it might give away your secret if you're asking about maternity leave. So you might choose to wait until your pregnancy is public to start asking questions about that. I did do a Q&A on when to tell your boss you're pregnant, and that goes through all of the considerations of breaking that big news to your work and how to decide when the time is right. And I'll link to that in the show notes. When you do talk to your boss or HR, you want to know how much time you can take off and what your pay and any other benefits are going to look like during your maternity leave. Another great resource at work is to talk to other moms in your office who have taken maternity leave and returned to work. Ask them about their experience so that you have a heads up on how maternity leave works in your company. So once you've looked at any potential government programs and your company's policies, you want to compare those to find out how they work together. Because sometimes being paid from your company may reduce other benefits. So you want to take a look at how those plans are going to work together. If you are an entrepreneur and you work for yourself, you should plan to take some time off, which I understand can seem impossible. Maybe you can take some time off after your baby's born and scale back your workload or the number of clients you take on or however it is that your business works so that you're not stressing out about having a new baby and a full workload. But this is definitely an area where I know it can be a little bit challenging when you're an entrepreneur. So once you have all of the info on your options, how much time you can take off, what's paid, what's unpaid, you need to plan ahead and figure out exactly how much time you're planning to take. And for the majority of expecting moms, this is going to be a numbers game. Because unless your leave is 100% paid, you're going to be earning less when you're out. And of course, in addition to any expenses from your pregnancy or birth, which I know can get easily into the thousands, you have a new baby and then you still have all of your normal bills to pay. If you are in a financial position to take off as much time as possible, 
I am so stoked for you. And if you're on the other side of that spectrum and you feel like you cannot afford to take any time off, I get it. And I want to be sensitive to anyone who is in a tough financial position. And I also want to give you a heads up on how to plan for this. Any conversation about financial stuff that's going to impact your family is a conversation that you should be having with your partner. And the two of you really need to sit down and figure out what you spend, what you earn, and how any change in your earnings is going to impact that. The good news is that you were pregnant for nine months. And even if you don't find out that you're expecting right away, you're still going to have a lot of months to plan ahead. This is a great time to get really clear about how much money you have in savings and how much additional money you can put away from now until you have your baby. And when you're thinking about how much money you actually spend, I recommend going through credit card and bank statements. I think that we tend to underestimate what we spend on a lot of things, and looking at actual transactions is going to give you a better idea of exactly what you spend. Once you have that figure, you can figure out if you need to scale back some things and how much you need to plan ahead to have for living expenses. Plus, you want to factor in things that you may not be buying right now, like diapers and wipes and anything else that you're going to need once your baby's born. The more money that you have saved up ahead of time, the more comfortable you're going to be about taking a pay cut if you end up having to do that while you are enjoying time with your new baby. And you also may want to consider paying down debt or cutting back on some unnecessary expenses, anything that you can do to put more money away and give yourself a little bit more of a cushion. Once you have the whole finance piece in place and you know what amount of time is going to fit within your financial constraints, you can plan for how much time you will be out. Some programs will allow you to start your leave a month prior to your due date. Again, this is something that you're going to know once you look into what's available from your state, federal government, or your work. Some moms take advantage of this and others choose to work right up until they go into labor. The tricky thing is that unless you have a scheduled cesarean birth, you don't really know exactly when your baby is going to arrive. And the best thing that you can do is to plan for your due date and then to be prepared for your birth to be on the earlier side. And then worst case, if your baby comes later, either you just work longer if you're waiting for your birth to start your leave, or you're going to have some additional downtime if you start your leave while you're still pregnant. The amount of time that you take off can really vary. The International Labor Organization, which is part of the UN, recommends that maternity leave be at least 14 weeks. Obviously, this is more than most women are receiving in the US. There's really no magic time for you to go back to work. Six weeks is a really common time frame when we're talking about recovering from birth. This could be longer if you have a cesarean birth. And six weeks is pretty short, and not everyone is going to be completely ready to go back to work six weeks after birth. When you are requesting time off from your employer, it's going to be easier to cut your leave shorter than it's going to be to ask for an extension. So you might want to consider asking for as long off as possible right from the start. 
And chances are, if you do decide that you want to go back to work earlier, I'm sure that your company would love to have you back. I want to talk about another way that you can get paid for time that would otherwise go unpaid on your leave. And just before we do that, I want to thank the sponsors for this episode. In my last pregnancy, when I was pregnant with my daughter, I wore the Mommy Steps insoles throughout my whole pregnancy. And I love these because they made the shoes that I put them in extremely comfortable. You can actually put these in your oven and mold them to your own feet. They're amazing. But also because there are so many problems that can happen with your feet when you're pregnant. Your arch can collapse. Your feet can go up a shoe size. Changes in your feet can create back problems. And these insoles really helped me with some lower back pain that I was having in my last pregnancy. I'm a huge fan of these insoles. In fact, I'm still wearing them now. They have insoles for athletic shoes and also ones for flats or boots. To check out the insoles, go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash feet, and you can use the promo code feet at checkout to save 20%. Another thing that I loved taking during my last pregnancy that I'm also still using now is the prenatal vitamin from Zoller. I have done a ridiculous amount of research about vitamins and all the ingredients that go into them. I have read tons and tons of labels, and I've also tried a lot of different vitamins. And the Zoller prenatal with DHA is still my favorite. And I love this vitamin because Zoller is really serious about using high quality ingredients. They use things like the active form of folate instead of folic acid. They use very bioavailable iron. Plus, it has omega-3s like DHA, which is really important for you when you're pregnant and also for your growing baby. To check out the vitamin and get a promo code to save 25% when you buy them on Amazon, go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash vitamin. And lastly, I want to thank Evenflow that makes the Every Stage car seat. This is the only car seat that you're ever going to need to buy. And this is because it's an infant seat, a convertible, and a booster all in one. And it has 10 different positions so that your baby or your older child is going to be really safe and really comfortable. They also have this easy click latch system that makes it ridiculously easy to install or to move it from one car to another. When it comes to car seats, safety is a huge priority for me. And this car seat allows your child to be rear facing longer, which is in line with the American Academy of Pediatrics that says that your child should be in a rear facing car seat as long as possible. The Every Stage car seat is really well made, it's safe, and it's so easy to use. To check it out and get a promo code to save 10% through the end of the year, you can visit pregnancypodcast.com forward slash car seat. Let's get back to how you can maximize your pay when you're on maternity leave. When you're planning your leave, a great way to get paid for time that you may not otherwise get paid for is to use any accrued vacation, personal time, or sick days. For a lot of moms, this means that they try and stockpile these days up during their pregnancy. 
If you're pregnant and you get sick and you really need the rest, of course, please, you should stay home from work and take a sick day. But I know that it can be tempting to save those days so that you're going to get some additional pay after your baby arrives. If your company offers paid time off, find out how much you have accrued and how much you will accrue prior to your due date so that you can factor that in. And then you're going to have to decide what's right for you. If you want to maybe cut back on vacations and days off and stockpile those days, or if that's not important to you. You'll also need to know how health insurance and other benefits work when you're out. And this is going to be another question that you're going to have to get from your employer. If you have insurance through your company, find out whether that's going to be paid when you're out or if you pay some or all of that, how that's going to work. And same thing for things like 401k contributions or any other benefit that you get through work. I know that talking to your employer about maternity leave can be challenging because while your boss is hopefully stoked that you are having a baby, they may not be stoked about having you out of the office. Make sure that you and your company are very clear on all of the details of your leave, including the projected dates, your pay, your benefits, everything. I would also recommend getting this in writing. And this is something you can even accomplish by shooting your boss or HR an email with a recap of your conversations. You can just say, hey, I just want to recap what we talked about today to make sure we're all on the same page and just bullet point it out. A big piece of you being on maternity leave is how your company is going to deal with you being out. You're going to need to figure out who's taking over your roles and responsibilities and make a plan of how you're going to pass all of this off. If you're planning to start your leave when your baby's born, you should plan to have everything handed off at least a couple weeks before your due date, just to be on the safe side. And you really want to make this a smooth transition. Another aspect of this is also making it a smooth transition when you're returning to work. So if you're handing off clients or projects, then you want to know whether those are going to be coming back to you when you are returning to work. You also want to be clear about any boundaries for your work contacting you. You might be comfortable with them contacting you about anything, or maybe you just want to say you're welcome to email me. What you don't want is to be bombarded with emails, calls, and text messages when you're trying to enjoy time with your new baby. One thing that I have to address in this episode is that while there are laws protecting maternity leave, there is something called the motherhood penalty. And that basically says that working mothers encounter systematic disadvantages in pay, in perceived competence, and in benefits relative to childless women. So like I said, there are regulations in place that prohibit discrimination based on being pregnant although that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. If you want to read the laws that protect against pregnancy discrimination, I'll put a link for you in the show notes. There are a lot of studies showing that the hourly wages for women are 5% lower per child. I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent here, but 
there's really enough research to cover this in a whole separate episode. So I'm not going to go very deep on the motherhood penalty. And if you are interested in reading more on this, I'll link to a study that looked to explain exactly why there is a wage penalty. And it explains a lot of the existing evidence on this topic. The last step in planning your maternity leave is planning to return to work. Or if you're not planning to return to work, that might also take some planning too. Unfortunately, the benefit systems in place almost force you to tell your employer that you're returning to work, even if that's not your intent. And the reason for this is that if you let your employer know before you have your baby that you do not plan to continue working, it's unlikely that you're going to receive any maternity benefits, whether those are coming from your employer or from the government. So that is something that you should keep in mind. And if you're not planning to return to work, you should think about the logistics of you being home. Think about the financial impact on your family. Plus, take some time to think about the day to day. Babies change so quickly, and it can seem that as soon as you have one routine down, everything is going to change. But it can be really isolating to be at home all day, every day. So think about some fun things that you can do out of the house, and maybe some friends or other moms that you can connect with. If you're planning to return to work, I touched on knowing what your job is going to look like when you're back because it can get sticky if you're handing off projects, clients, or job duties to someone else. You may want to know whether those are coming back to you or if you're going to have some changing responsibilities. The biggest question if you are at work is who's watching your baby? You may be in a situation where your partner can be home with your baby and you also have options like daycare maybe a nanny is an option for you, or perhaps you have family nearby that can help out. Again, this is going to be different for everyone. And for a lot of us, this is also a question of what's financially feasible. So you're going to want to look at all of your options for this way ahead of time. Another thing that you should think about is pumping breast milk at work. If this is something that you plan to do, I suggest not waiting until you return to work to bring this up with your employer. I have a full episode on pumping and one on building a stash and pumping at work. And I'll link to both of those in the show notes if you miss them. And I'll also link to the U.S. Department of Labor and the laws that your employer is subject to in regards to allowing time to pump during work because you do have some legal protections there. Hopefully, this episode gives you the framework to start planning your maternity leave. I'm a big believer in making sure that both you and your employer are crystal clear about the terms of your leave. If you have any questions or something doesn't make sense, ask and get it cleared up. You really do not want any misunderstandings with this. And the same goes for you and your partner. So please make sure that you are all on the same page. To recap today's episode, we talked about what maternity leave is and paternity leave. Dads and partners, please don't forget to plan ahead to take some time off when your baby is born. We talked about how those programs vary worldwide. 
and got into some of the government programs that are available in the United States and a lot of specific questions to ask your employer and how to plan ahead for things like the financial impact of going on maternity leave, how to make everything a smooth transition at work, and how to come back from maternity leave if you are planning on returning to work. I want to thank you for tuning into the pregnancy podcast today. I hope that you find this episode helpful. This week is Christmas for those of you that celebrate. Please have a very Merry Christmas, and I wish you the absolute best in the new year. And I can't wait to be back in January with new episodes. As always, you can contact me, Vanessa at PregnancyPodcast.com. You can find notes and resources for this episode at PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash episode 147. <music>